You're listening to SBS News. The campaigning tactics for those opposed to an Indigenous voice to Parliament have come under attack. Nine newspapers revealed they had obtained a secret recording showing no campaign organisers directing volunteers to use fear to dissuade voters from supporting the voice. Education Minister Jason Clare has called on opposition leader Peter Dutton to condemn the tactics being used. What's revealed in the papers today shows that it's now a deliberate strategy of the No campaign to flat out lie. And I'd say this, if the No campaign are so confident that what they're saying is right, why do they have to lie to the Australian people? This is a sign of just how low the No campaign is willing to go. And I call on Peter Dutton today to condemn this. If he doesn't, then he is complicit in this lie. Opposition leader Peter Dutton is yet to respond, while other members of the coalition are defending the campaign, insisting the government can't be certain about how the voice will operate. Nine newspapers reported that the national campaigning chief for no activist group Advance, Chris Inglis, detailed the anti-voice movement's strategy in an online training session. He reportedly advised volunteers not to identify themselves up front as no campaigners, but instead to raise reports of financial compensation to Indigenous Australians if the voice referendum were to succeed. National Senator Bridget McKenzie has defended concerns raised by the No campaign that First Nations people could potentially demand reparations if the yes vote is successful. Senator McKenzie adds it's unclear how the voice will function. I've always been a very respectful participant in this debate and we've been having the conversation about recognition of our first Australians in our constitution for most of my time in Parliament. Minister Clare doesn't know what the voice will actually do and how it will behave and insert itself into our democracy because the government's own talking points say that it will be up to Parliament and they won't be controlling the voice and the voice will be constituted, will be elected. They can't tell us how that's going to be elected either. So for him to be so confident that it won't be seeking reparations at some time in the future is foolish. The campaign tactics are also being questioned by those outside the Albanese cabinet. Independent Senator David Pocock, who supports a voice to Parliament, criticised the no campaign strategy for its fear-based approach. As the only developed country without some sort of recognition or treaty, this is a step forward to recognise Australia's first peoples, but then also to have a voice to make representations to to the Parliament. Having that positive message, but then also calling out some of the really divisive politics we're seeing and particularly having politicians trying to import some of the American sort of Trump-style politics when you call into question something like the Australian Electoral Commission. That's got to stop. We have to stand up against that. In other news, the Albanese government are welcoming more positive outcomes in addressing critical labour shortages in the aged care sector. The government introduced the Aged Care Industry Labour Agreement in May, which enables aged care providers to more easily recruit qualified direct care workers from overseas into the aged care sector. Speaking outside Uniting Care in Western, located in the Hunter region of New South Wales, 
Immigration Minister Andrew Giles outlined the importance of immigration as one part of the solution to the workforce shortage. We've now got more than 6,000 places available through labour agreements, with more, I'm sure, shortly to come on board. And that's because we've focused on a tripartite approach, bringing together workers in their unions, providers, with a relentless focus on the people most at issue, our older Australians in need of care and support. That is what this is all about. Katrina Stirrett, SBS News.